All right, here we go. Josh, look alive. Put your phone down. We're getting started. Are we actually live? We are actually live. We are recording. This is episode nine of Waves. We are back. I'm Megan. I'm Josh. And we are just waiting for our special guests to join us here in the studio. What are we going to be talking about today, Meeks? Well, today we're going to be talking about something that's been in the media lately uh, that both you and I are very excited about, which is the municipal accommodation tax. So you'll often hear us refer to it as the mat. We're probably going to say the word mat about a thousand times during this episode. Oh, there's going to be some acronyms. (laughs) Always lots of acronyms. He's here. Oh, hi. Welcome. How's it going? We are very happy to have Stefan Robinson joining us this morning from the Kenora Hospitality Alliance. How are you, Stefan? We kind of sprung this on you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Lots on the go, but uh, thank you for having me. It was uh, a pleasure to be here. So uh, you're with the Kenora Hospitality Alliance. Uh, This is another acronym that we talk about frequently, the KHA. Who are you? You're an organization in Kenora, but if nobody knew anything about your group, give us the the quick overview. Well, we uh, we originated in around 2002 uh, when DMF was a thing, which is the destination marketing fee. And then uh, once the municipal accommodation tax came into play, uh, which was in uh, 2018, October 2018, uh, we were given an allocation of funds and we use those to help fund events, make events happen. Uh, and it's all the accommodations within city limits. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. So, like, really, like, who is your group comprised of? Like, who are your members? Anyone who's within city limits, whether they're franchise owned or family owned, and uh, have a bed stay, really. So, but, but we're talking about accommodations. Yes, but some of the smaller ones too, right? Like yes. Edgewater Beach Camp, I yes. believe. So, yes, Edgewater Beach Camp. You have the motel. Uh, you have Perch Bay Resort, uh, Kenora Bed and Bale. They're relatively new. Okay. So, like, um, hoteliers, motels, bed and breakfasts, yes. any kind of accommodation providers. Okay. And so, how many members do you have, then, within your organization currently? We have 13, if I'm not mistaken. It's around that number. I know, because, uh, what else is there? Oh, technically, Clarion is, is closed, but they're still a member. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a roofed accommodation. Roof to accommodation. Okay, that's great. So, you know, we're going to dive into the municipal accommodation tax now. We talked a little bit about it and introduced the topic before you joined us. So we're going to play a fun game here. I'm going to get my timer ready. And Josh is going to give us the elevator pitch for the municipal accommodation tax in 30 seconds or less. So when I wave at you in an exaggerated fashion, which of course nobody can see, that's me starting the timer. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yeah. So here we go, Josh. Municipal accommodation tax, 30 seconds or less, and go. So in the past, there was a destination marketing fee. This was a voluntary fee. The municipal accommodation tax of the Ontario government came along in 2018 and allowed municipalities to implement an accommodation tax. So this is a mandatory tax on all roofed accommodations and per night rental. The city of Kenora decided on a 4% municipal accommodation tax, which each individual accommodation of the 13 that Stefan had talked about, they charge on top of the room. So, I mean, lots of people have seen it. 
in other places they go, Winnipeg, or you see it. And if you go to Vegas, there's the resort fee. Uh, they call it a bunch of different things. In Kenora, it's called the municipal accommodation tax. So we use that funds and all those funds that are collected. So basically, we'll call it a visitor tax uh, for that that perspective. Uh, it's a tax on the room. All that money is pooled. A portion is given to the Kenora Hospitality Alliance. And then the city retains a portion, which is spent on tourism and economic development purposes only. Okay, you did pretty good. It was a minute and two seconds, <laughs> but I let you go, like because it was so good. It was such a good, a good summary. I couldn't cut you off, but um, that is a lot of information to spit out in thirty seconds. So a minute is still pretty good. So what we're talking about is like when a visitor comes to Kenora, stays at a hotel, they pay their room rate. And then there's that additional fee that gets added to their bill, right? So in Kenora, our fee or our mat is? 4%. 4%. Yeah. It's a $100 um, room. It's 4 bucks, basically. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Mathematics. <laughs> and then you talked a little bit about the destination marketing fee. So that was something similar, but it was a flat rate, right? And it was before the municipal accommodation tax. Right. So and that's something that KHA and, and Stefan's group had, had collected beforehand. Right. And so I think that's why when we were um, looking at implementing this municipal accommodation tax, uh, it was really important for the city of Kenora to work with the KHA as a partner because there's a very long standing history of, of partnership between Tourism Kenora and the KHA. And I don't want to steal Stefan's thunder because he's going to have some thunder here, but they do a lot of good things for the community in terms of events and different things that they go on. So we're going to hand it over to Stefan here to kind of brag a little bit about what KHA is doing and, and what they've got coming up. Yeah, thank you. There is a lot. I'm not sure if that 30 seconds or less will be possible for this one. <laughs> Good. Um, you take as much time as you need. That was just for Josh. In the past, sometimes it's just one-time events that happen. Um, and then we also had the open-air market, supporting the musicians, candidate fireworks. There's, there's so much. I mean, we have our own event that we have, which is on Rabbit Lake, which is the Rabbit Lake Winter Classic, which is the Pond Hockey Tournament on Family Day weekend, but we have it available all year or all year, all winter round. Let, let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. We're, we're, let's talk about the Winter Wonderland that you're kind of uh, foreseeing and you've built up over the last two, three years now. Give or take, yeah, three years, but COVID, so really it feels like only one. Yeah, but. so if you're a local, you'll probably have seen this before. It's on Rabbit Lake, but I'll let Stefan... Uh, yeah, so the idea came around because uh, the KHA, one of our targets is to try and focus on the shoulder and winter seasons. And uh, the reason behind that is because summer virtually sells itself. Uh, we don't really need to promote it as much as we would like to for the shoulder and winter seasons. And because of the shoulder and winter seasons and we trying to get heads and beds is the, the main target. So if we can get more heads and beds during the winter time, then we actually have more municipal accommodation tax to spend on mm -hmm. everything else in the, in the, uh, during the year. So um, one of the ideas that initially came about with me uh, joining the KHA was actually uh, trying to figure out an event to do in the, in the winter. And this came around. And yeah, uh, what it is right now is a skating trail that goes around uh, a pond hockey rink on Rabbit Lake. Yeah, and it's free to use, yeah. right? Like you, anybody can go and skate on the trail or play hockey, like on the ice yeah. down at Rabbit Lake. Uh, I believe there's some, uh, not penalty boxes, uh, like dressing room style boxes, like yeah. sheltered areas. Um, there's also a skate skate area to put your skates on. Like it's not just a pond hockey area and a skating trail. It's it's a little bit more than that. It's, it's a fantastic little spot. And, and I have to say, I have to give kudos to uh, the 
St. Thomas Aquinas High School because they were the ones who built those those boxes and benches. So um, it is definitely a local amenity and supported by local community businesses as well. So shout out to, oh my goodness, it would probably be over 20 or so businesses. So they, they've really oh, that's contributed. Awesome. That's awesome. And, and I, you kind of touched on it a little bit with events, and, and you said you had the Pond Hockey Tournament for the first year this time. How many teams did you have? We had uh, eight. Oh, yeah? yeah? That's great. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I know it was a little, I think it was a little bit chilly and, and snowy that, that day, I, I remember. Um, but uh, I think lots of people still came out and, and enjoyed. Yeah, it was fantastic. Some beards were a little frozen, too, some eyelashes as well. But uh, <laughs> we pushed through, and uh, the hearts were warm, though, so that was good. That's awesome. Cold beers, warm hearts. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's what, what more as good you, as you can yeah, get. What more can you ask for? And and I, I kind of just want to touch on the events thing again, because I I know in my past dealings with the, the Kenora Hospitality Alliance and my current dealings with the Kenora Hospitality Alliance, you guys sponsor a lot of events. Um, and there's a process to going and asking the Kenora Hospitality Alliance for um, some sponsorship dollars. And, and you mentioned that you're looking at shoulder season and winter season, but I also know that you support other events in the summertime and you mentioned a few of them, open air market, I believe you sponsor Harborfest um, and those types of events. So how do I go, if I'm Josh Nelson, I'm going to make the, the next big event. How do I go about requesting some money from KHA? If you, the easiest way is to go to our website and uh, request my email and then I'll send you an application that you can fill out and you just uh, fill out, answer all the questions as best as you can. Uh, just attach a budget and uh, attach the quotes and, and invoices that you may have for it, so we know what you're spending it on. And uh, and you can request up to twenty thousand. Although I will say that because we want to try and give as much money as we can to the community, we'd love to see if people have reached out to other organizations first. Uh, through maybe the Rotary or, or the Kinsman Club, that kind of thing, uh, or even some provincial grants. And then once you've uh, basically looked at every single resource you can for funding opportunities, then we can kind of step in and, you know, bridge that gap that you uh, you may miss. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, Stefan, I know you've got to run. You just came in here quickly, and, and uh, we really appreciate your time today and, of course, value the Kenora Hospitality Alliance as a partner and everything that we do um, in tourism at the city. So uh, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And then it was back to us. And there was two. And then there was two. Okay. So that was amazing that Stefan popped in here, got to tell us all about these amazing things that the Kenora Hospitality Alliance does. I do want to jump back a little bit and go over a bit of a timeline because, you know, we're talking about the DMF, destination marketing fee, the municipal accommodation tax, the MAT. And I think we've made mention of this, but just to be really clear, the MAT is a fairly new thing. Like yeah. this, yeah. this is something that came as an opportunity from the province of Ontario, uh, Ministry of Municipal Affairs, back in November of 2017. Like the city got a letter and said, you know, the province's approving municipalities to um, start collecting this new tax primarily to be driven for tourism projects, right? Yeah. So I'm going to take you a step back further there. So, and we mentioned our partnership with the Kenora Hospitality Alliance. So they, like, like we mentioned earlier, they were already collecting a destination marketing fee and they're a major partner. They're the people that are actually collecting the dollars, right? And remitting them back to the city of Kenora. So a huge shout out to all the properties that are in the Kenora Hospitality Alliance catchment and all the accommodations just within the, the catchment of the mm-hmm. city of Kenora. So when they introduced the municipal accommodation tax, the Ontario government, there was actually a caveat that 
the city of Kenora could use their portion um, for whatever they wanted to use it for. But the city of Kenora made the decision, or the city of Kenora Council at the time made the decision that 100% of the mat collected that was a city portion would be used for tourism and economic development, which has helped tremendously on a bunch of different projects that we've moved forward in the past couple of years with and moving forward. So uh, council made the decision to implement the municipal accommodation tax. That was in March of 2018. And then the accommodations in Kenora started collecting it in October, October 1st of 2018, right? That was when yeah, it was we, essentially effective. Yeah, we wanted to give the the accommodations some time to figure out how they were going to incorporate the municipal mm-hmm. accommodation tax. So we effectively started collecting it on October 2018. Yeah, because like you said, they're the ones responsible for actually collecting it from the visitors and then they remit it back to the city yeah. and then the city gives the KHA the Their money portion. they otherwise would have collected. You got right? it. It's a little bit confusing, right? It is a little bit it confusing. It is confusing. Yeah. Very. So, you know, as of October 1st, 2018, we've been collecting this municipal accommodations tax. And I know you and I have been heavily involved in allocating those funds. So one of the things we had talked about really wanting to speak to on this episode today is how do we allocate that tax, Josh? What do we do? Well, so we have from the city of Kenora's portion, we have an internal team that sits down every single year, no different than a capital budget process. And we talk about all the different projects that would be attainable by the municipal accommodation tax. In 2021, we did a tourism and economic development strategy. And within that, we had some parameters of how we were going to allocate that municipal accommodation tax. So what actually qualified. Um, So this was... Uh, something we put in place so that the municipal accommodation tax couldn't be spent on random things and it had to have a purpose moving forward. So I, I don't think we want to bore people with the, the the direct details, but the main overarching thing is that it's tourism, economic development related. There's some capital projects in there. Um, there can be events, events, uh, advertising, advertising, uh, services and programs. I have it here in front of me. I won't get I won't get into the details. But if somebody wanted to learn more about, I guess, how the municipal accommodation tax funds are allocated each year, they could go online to Kenora.ca and find the tourism and economic development strategy that was developed in 2021. And you'll see at the back of that document, there's a full set of guidelines that defines eligible project criteria. So you'll get a sense of the kinds of activities that we're supporting with this new source of funding. Yeah. So we could sit here and talk about a bunch of different projects. And and one of the things that I think you and I want to sit here and kind of let the public know, the locals know, the visitors know, is that a lot of the projects that you're seeing around town, and I'll use Husky the Muskie as an example, mm-hmm. That was a project that was funded by the municipal accommodation tax or the visitor tax in partnership with FedNord and OHFC. Yes. So that whole project was funded not by local tax levy. Not by local tax levy. So property tax dollars were not used to fund Husky the Muskie. This is what you're saying. Yes, 100%. And I think to go a little bit further with FedNord and OHFC, these are opportunities that the municipality looks at that these funds have to be spent in a specific way. So... We're trying to alleviate the misconception that taxpayer dollars are being spent in certain ways. We want to apply for these funds, and these funds are only being directed in certain areas. Yeah, and that was what I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode, because it was something that somebody had written in to us about and suggested that it could be worth speaking to, because it seems like, like you use the word misconception, there seems to be a misconception that when the city receives funding for projects, that it's 
it's like we're getting handed almost like a blank check, right? So let's use Husky the Muskie again for an example. Um, you know, when we say or we communicate to the public, you know, this project was supported by the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund Corporation, NOHFC, FEDNOR, and the Municipal Accommodation Tax, those government funding programs are really directed towards certain kinds of projects. So NOHFC and FEDNOR, for example, they support tourism and economic development projects. So it's not like when NOHFC or FEDNOR is giving the municipality money that we can spend it on whatever we want, right? Like those are very targeted funds. So we can't, it's not like we're making a decision like, are we going to use this NOHFC money to fix roads or are we going to use it to fix Husky the Muskie? Those funds are very specific for tourism projects. So Husky the Muskie would be an eligible project. And so we had applied for funding to refurbish and rehabilitate that attraction and we were successful in receiving those funds so that's what that money has to be geared towards yeah and i think the other component too is as a city of canar we try and apply for as much funding as we possibly can in in my department and your department in tourism economic development we're really responsible for those funding applications and in partnership with some other city staff and we really try and focus on getting as much funding as we possibly Mm -hmm. can because we can leverage it with the mat tax now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're really talking about Husky the Muskie, but Husky the Muskie is a part of a larger project. It's actually a $941,000 project to support improvements, not only at Husky the Muskie, but also at McLeod Park. So um, that is a component of the Harborfront Business Development Plan, which is a project that I've been working on for a number of years. And you're absolutely right. All of that money is coming from either the province or federal government or the accommodation tax, which doesn't come from your property taxes. It's just, I really want people to get excited about the mat because it really is such a good opportunity for us to do those fun projects that we want. So like another one that you and I have worked on recently, again, with support from a provincial funding partner, the Rural Economic Development Program is the development of the new streetscaping elements downtown, right? Yeah, so all those banners you see up through town, again, there's also another misconception that that was locally taxpayer funded, and we actually received funding from RED, or the Rural mm-hmm. Economic Development Program, as well as Municipal Combination Tax, to redo those banners. So we are really looking at using this mat tax for those cool, fun projects so that city council and, and uh, city administration can really focus on using the local taxpayer dollars where they feel mm-hmm. it's, it's necessary. Yeah, exactly. So what are, I guess, some other projects that we're looking to do this year? Because, you know, this is a relatively new, we'll call it a pot of money, pot of funding, right? And I know this year we had presented at city council, there was about 20 projects that we presented for 2022, right? Because yeah. We had like some funds, you know, left over from previous years. And so we've been working to grow like a bit of a, I don't want to call it like a reserve, but we've been accumulating this money over the last couple of years. And so this year, I think we presented it was close to $750,000 in projects. I probably should have that exact number in front of me, but. Yeah, it's roughly um, around that though. So again, this is money through the accommodation tax, $750,000 of visitor tax that we're going to be reinvesting into the community. And so what kinds of things, you know, other than the streetscaping banners uh, and the work at McLeod Park are we looking at doing this year? Well, I think we have a bunch of just smaller projects that are just kind of beautification projects to the city of Kenora in general. 
so for example, we're looking at purchasing some large Adirondack chairs to stick at the Discovery Center as a photo opportunity for, mm. for people coming into town as well as locals. We look at partnership dollars, so partnering with Mount Evergreen on their four-season business plan, uh, those types of projects. So we're looking at enhancing the Kenora community as a whole, not only for visitors, but for locals as well. Because we know if a local loves to stay here and, and, and bring people here, a visitor is going to love to stay yeah. here. And it's not only for tourism as well, right? Um, it also applies to projects in my area. Yeah, so one of the pieces that the MAD is supporting is the development of the new public washroom downtown at the Chipman Street Pocket Park. That yep. is being supported through the accommodation tax. We are also, you know, we mentioned the improvements at McLeod Park. That's a project I'm working on. Um, as well as the Harborfront Business Development Plan, like that first step of implementation, which was the development of the detailed design drawings. That is something that is being supported by the MAT. We've also got some different studies and plans that we're looking at for this year, which we'll be applying for matching funding for. But again, that municipal accommodation tax is going to be the municipal contribution that will allow us to access further funds from other programs. Yes, and also another big portion of the municipal accommodation tax is the advertising budget to try and attract uh, visitors into our community and, and increase the spend and economic impact of the visitor spend in, in Kenora. So lots of cool things happening with Matt tax, and we're looking forward to what kind of the future holds for that Matt tax. It's just like such a very, very cool opportunity for our community to do so many things that you know, maybe we wouldn't have had money to do before. Well, I think that leaves, uh, we're always looking for feedback on potential projects that the Mac can be spending on or spent on. So if you have some input or some suggestions and, and I'm going to say it out here too, just because you make a suggestion doesn't mean that it's going to actually happen. <laughs> um, but if you want to email podcast at canora.ca um, with your suggestions, not only on different types of podcasts, but maybe what we can spend the Mac tax on. Uh, we're always open to to suggestions. Yeah, and thank you so much to the listener who submitted the suggestion for us to touch on the topic of the government funding programs and how those are used because I just, I really appreciate that because I do think it is something that we see quite often when we see feedback or or chatter in the community. Uh, So I hope that our conversation today has maybe helped clear up a little bit of that. Yeah, no, for sure. So thanks everyone for listening today and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. Episode 10. What will it be on? We don't know yet. It will be a surprise. <laughs> nice to see you again, Josh. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.